0: Oh, Spencer, curious yeah. your thoughts about this. You know, kind of observing what America was like in 2003, uh, understanding that Saddam Hussein had been on Americans' radar as the great you know, the third Antichrist or whatever, you know, whatever label you want to put on him since the Gulf War. I mean, he'd been, you know, a very public enemy of the United States for a long time. And yet, uh, I I wonder if the case for this war would have been sellable to the American public if the American public had not collectively lost its mind after September 11th. So I'm curious, uh, you know, obviously there's no obvious connection in any factual way. But the Bush administration went very hard trying to make this a war of the war on terrorism or part of that. And I'm curious where you, you think the the public would have come down if if we had not had the precipitating event.
1: So it's a complicated question, but, you know, remember also that you know, the Bush administration not only did that deceitfully and assiduously, but successfully um, on the eve of the invasion of Iraq. You know, so pretty much like if you were to rewind 20 years ago um, today, uh, you would find polling figures that said, um, you know, 70 percent of the American public believed Saddam Hussein had some role in 9-11, which was if you were, you know, as the Bush administration would subsequently insist on doing, if you parse their statements, they never quite got to that threshold of saying it, but, like, that's how these sorts of things work. You imply it enough, people will naturally believe at a time of, you know, great fear when, like, you know, the Pentagon was on fire when there is a smoking crater in the middle of lower Manhattan that, you know, they will, you know, believe this sort of thing that that their leaders tell them. Um, it's really important to remember that, Throughout the 1990s, which is this period of, I think it's fair to say, you know, such overwhelming dominance by America that it created a kind of strategic lassitude. The 1990s were filled with kind of vague and inchoate arguments about, like, what exactly the purpose of this American, you know, led order is. What's, you know, what do you do when you're the last global superpower standing? And, you know, the easiest thing to do in that case is point to extant threats um, that the United States had dealt with, particularly after um, the 1991 Gulf War, which is also important to remember, was both a wildly popular war and also seen as a successful test case for how an American-led international order with something like practically every member of the United Nations, amazingly including like the, the wheezing soon-to-be corpse of the Soviet Union backing an American military intervention um, in 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 Iraq, um, and particularly in a resource-rich region. Um, and so that hangover combined with this lassitude meant that the United States could constantly point to the continued persistence of Saddam Hussein as not just A problem to be dealt with or a problem perhaps to be contained, but a case that showed the necessity of American military power, of American military purpose, of the American role um, in the Middle East. And throughout the 1990s, the political constraints against a return to war with Saddam Hussein you know, kept getting eroded by U.S. politicians of both parties in where, you know, in 1998, um, and, you know, this is the height of impeachment, the Clinton administration endorses and backs a neoconservative move um, in Congress uh, called the Iraq Liberation Act, which formally presents regime change in Iraq um, as the policy of the United States. You will have many people from that time argue relentlessly that the point of doing that from their perspective, um, that is to say the Clinton administration, um, its democratic um, allies, particularly in the Senate, was to forestall a greater push toward invasion. However, when you go back and you look at the actual debate...